0: Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super-fast three-player online poker set-and-go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.
1: Okay, welcome to Ask Alex episode 87 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by America'sCardRoom.com. If you want 27% rate back from America'sCardRoom.com, Simply sign up for your account by using any of the adverts or links on the OneOuter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on OneOuter.com website and also via iTunes for free. If you want to send a question in for Alex on a future show, the best way and preferred way is to email questions at OneOuter.com or you can tweet them or post them in the Facebook. Alex, I know you're battling some noise and stuff in Costa Rica today, construction work. They always pick a Thursday.
0: Um, Uh, How are you
1: doing? They they (laughs)
0: pick 6.40 in the morning during the work week the entire week. But, yeah, I'm good, man. uh, I won a tournament last night, so it was pretty cool. I won... I played, let's see, I played poker on Monday. I took second in the 5K Guaranteed 109 on America's Card Room. And uh, not because, uh, well, hold up. And then on see Tuesday, I woke up and I felt like fried death. So I went to a piano recital at night, which was, it's actually one of the best pianists in Costa Rica. And then it was, that was pretty cool because for just like an hour and a half, you just kind of drift off into your own little world you know listening to the music and then yeah. uh yesterday I won the 5K guaranteed like outright and then uh nice. yeah and then I took fourth in the 25k guaranteed That one was real frustrating. I to be honest with you, I didn't play all that well last night but uh, you the great thing about America's Card room is you don't have to play that well because they're just that bad uh, all the other players so it was pretty. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of recreational money out there. And, of course, a lot of those guys have a shot at winning too because, you know, when everybody's a recreational player, there's a good shot. But, uh, you know, so I think it makes it a lot more fun. And, yeah, it was really fun winning out. I had a guy I was heads up with. He was real tough. He was really tough, Barry. Like, he, he threw more curveballs at me than I was ready for. Like, I just... I was fried at the end of the night. Woke up at eight that morning. It was like midnight. Uh, I woke up at eight in the morning to work. It was midnight then. So, I guess that that's like sixteen hours of work, right? So <laughs> then your heads up, and it's like ah, oh, like this guy
1: just yeah.
0: yeah, this guy keeps this guy just check raises me three, bets me, raises me, but yeah, eventually I think I kind of figured it out, and then I yeah, I ended up taking it down. And then, you know, like uh, I went to bed and, you know, five hours and 40 minutes after I fell asleep, uh, this gigantic bulldozer comes driving by my house to leverage the property near my house. I always knew I, I bought my home in like a new development area and there was a space behind my house and there was a space to the left of my, well, to the whatever, to, next to my house, right? That wasn't developed, and I always knew they would have to develop them at some point. But they just got done doing construction, like behind my house, and that one, that one was a real pain because, like, they, uh, uh, I don't know, like I found, I, I lost my mind one time because they, a bunch of debris were coming into my house and I could uh, into my property, and I could tell they were just being negligent. Uh, I walked into my backyard one day and I found like a cola, uh, like a, you know, like a generic uh, soda can, uh, which I could tell somebody threw in there. And I like, yeah, I I, I kind of tried to do the Nolan Ryan wind up and throw it back while I was screaming. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, and then that just got done. And then like, I was like, sweet, si- you know, silence and there's not going to be. Uh, <laughs> like I'm not going to be yelling at people all the time, and there's not going to be debris coming in my yard. And like I'm not kidding you, Barry. Like two days later, I I hear this sound like the largest garbage truck you've ever heard in your life. And I look outside, and there's a there's a bulldozer to come leverage. The, <laughs> there, Havad Khan was there. He was uh, he was ready to leverage the place to the next to me. Nah, mm-hmm. uh, but like yeah, it was a. Uh, yeah, they were. Uh, they have to do a lot of clearing out because it is kind of like woodland over there. And, yeah, they've been doing that a while. So if you guys do hear that, well, uh, just pretend it's my Brinks truck bringing back my money. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that'll be, it'll fit more into the motif of the hour.
1: So uh, I've still not watched your battle yet before you ask me. In case All you right, want, no I, I, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. It's fine. But. But I did find time to watch The Invitation, oh, that's, which told that, only so. bad. That's good,
0: that's good. Well, you know, as long as it's someone else's art and not my own, that's great. That's great, Barry. Now, what you, do you think of The Invitation?
1: Yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I thought it was I thought fun. The, I thought the ending was good. And I, the whole thing about it is it's one of these films that I thought, it, it kind of made me think about without getting like really deep and into it, it just kind of made me think about film and like if I was a filmmaker like what's your goal you know, is it huge commercial success is it something that someone's going to watch again and again and again or is it like mm-hmm. what, they, what I thought The Invitation did was it really made it, without telling people about it because people should watch it, it is good without telling it, it really built up Tension really well time, like it, was palp- yeah. it was palpable like for yourself watching it you were like it was like you were a guest or so, it was like you were there or something you know like
0: and you had no idea to, yeah
1: yeah yeah you didn't know what was going on it was a bit of paranoia it did very well at like creating a, a feeling with you and also like a sense of like paranoia and then and unsure like put you in the characters. Uh, right, but which I think is probably the goal of like you know most people well, when I, they when they make films. Well, I thought like artistically,
0: what to me was beautiful about that movie was you. I, I I've struggled with uh, like pre, like neurosis and paranoia, especially when I was coming off of drugs, and it's like the way that guy is reacting is exactly how you feel, and he puts you in the 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 director puts you in that feeling because you're getting really paranoid watching the movie, and then Mm. when you go back, you're thinking, like, none of this really is that, like, suspicious, right? You know Uh what I mean? And then, it like, it comes up to your biases, right? Do you just really hate hipsters, and you think there's something up with them? Like, are, you know... There's just, like... There's a dozen things, like... uh, uh, I mean, not to give anything away, but a guy, like, locks the door, right? And... You know, the guy goes, why are you locking the front door? And he goes, there's been home invasions lately. You know, people were held at gunpoint. I just want to protect everybody in here. And then it sounds like a completely reasonable answer, right? And then the guy's Mm -hmm. like, okay, you're locking the front door. Okay, that's weird. And then he goes, all right, I'll leave it unlocked right here, right? And then he, like, unlocks it, and he's like, there you go. You know, if if they come in, I blame you right I've, I've been if i am I've, I've been in that situation where i'm like tweaking out about something like really stupid right and then yeah like the way uh the 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 breakdown moment like uh you know when he realizes he's wrong about a lot of things uh that that was like really real right like the guy looking like he you know like that it, it's it's really hard to talk about this movie and not give away anything. We haven't given away anything, but like yeah,
1: yeah, watch it. Definitely watch it if yeah. you get the chance. It's worth watching. The, and Alex, you watched the canal as well. I didn't did
0: you? watch the canal. The oh, canal yeah. was the canal was dope. You know, I liked it. Uh, uh, we rented it on Amazon, and uh, you know, I showed it to. We were watching it at the studio. It's a, this is pretty cool. Our studio, uh, the studio, me and my uh, my friend and my wife just built. Uh, we we won the contract for, like, a hip-hop, uh, like, the government here is going to pay for some kids, like, from the favelas, like, from the worst, like, ghettos here, like, the City of God ghettos, right? Uh, have you ever seen that movie, Barry?
1: No, no, but I'm aware of uh,
0: it. Oh, you should see it, but, yeah. like, for, yeah. And I've
1: seen documentaries on the favelas. yeah. Right?
0: essentially those kids from that area of costa rica like they do rap right but they've never had access to a studio or anything right like uh but yeah we won the contract with the government to have them uh the government's gonna pay us to like make their music which i thought was pretty cool but yeah I, obviously it's not a ton of money because it's the government but it, also we get to do what we want because what the hell does the costa rican government know about hip-hop <laughs> right <laughs> so and uh, anyway, yeah, uh we were at the studio, you know, just chilling, I was like, let's watch the canal, right? And I I, I like you know, I like I liked it it was real uh I really I I definitely I think it was really unfortunate that I saw the invitation and then saw this movie because if I'd seen this movie like any other time, I think I would think it's a lot better, but I just saw the like, you know, neurosis game done yeah. really well. Uh yeah, I did think it was really I, I did think it was really good. The performances were excellent. I think uh, the writing le- left a little something to be desired. There was something about, I, I, think that it, I, think one, I think there was one tactic you could have taken there, which was, uh, a spir- like, you could have taken a spiritual connotation, which is you don't really know if this guy is telling the truth, but, like, in actuality it's manifesting in a different way. And I think that would have really pleased, like, I don't know, like, the Latin American audience would have, like, just loved that, right? If both solution could, if both solutions could have somehow been true at the end. And uh, uh, I think also, it, but, like, I think you could have taken it that direction, or you could have made it, I felt like they kind of, like, showed you what was going to happen at some point. You know, like, there there were definitely, like, some leads into what the ending was going to be that were like, oh, okay, I see it coming. Which was, yeah. I didn't know if that was just me being, like, paying attention. Because the invitation definitely had that, too. But you just thought maybe they were faking you out, right? <clears throat> uh, for some reason, I just, with the canal, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Like, there's a beginning scene where he sees, uh, well, I mean he sees a murder and you, you very clearly see who does it, right? Like, uh, and yeah, the Brink's truck is backing up on, up <laughs> but like you clearly see who does it, right? If you're paying attention, right? And that kind of ruins a lot of attention if you're looking through it. And maybe i just didn't see that correctly. Maybe that was something else. Right. And, but I thought, I thought it was really creepy. I thought there was definitely, uh, I think just because I watch a lot of horror movies, I knew a lot of what was about to come. Whereas with The Invitation, I didn't realize I was watching, like... The Invitation, by the way, another reason I really like it is that's the first, like, very Japanese, like, uh, thriller I've seen translated in the West, right? Yeah. And uh, the director was Japanese. (laughs) That sucks. Sounds close. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty. It's pretty wild. It's uh, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's your money coming in the big uh, bag. Oh uh,
1: yes, sir. The, yes yeah. sir. the sir. Problem
0: is finding all the Panamanian new banks to take it. Ever since the Panama Papers, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna put it in the back of a school bus and drive it through. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> now, I like the cool thing about the invitation. Uh, like the Japanese, I'm really into like Japanese uh, literature and movies. And they write in a way that's really hard for the Western audience to predict. And I think it's just because it's such an insular culture. And you know, there is certain things catch on and it's just like with poker, like there's certain things Russian players do that the, world, the rest of the world doesn't do just because it's such an insular culture because they don't, uh, they don't really speak English at the frequency of other countries, right? It's the same thing with Japan. Japan has a rich horror culture uh, okay. horror movie culture but they're not really uh they don't they don't it, they're not as into the west version of it right so they, they have really great thrillers right and murder mysteries and horror and the invitation was the first time I saw like the absolute ending in the invitation the <laughs> monstrous curveball they throw you like that's so Japanese right mm-hmm. and if I was watching a Japanese film I would would have I would have been looking for that, right? But, like, just because... I, it, They kind of do a nod to Japan with what... Re, if you can remember what the ending was about, right? Yeah. And it was like... I, and when I saw that, I was like, that was so clever, right? And I never really got that moment in... Uh, I never really got that moment in uh, The Canal, although the grand reveal was pretty punishing, was pretty, like, oh, my God. Like, this is... This is brutal. Like, it was definitely a really fun movie, and I'd recommend it. I just, yeah. it was definitely. Uh, <laughs> I like how there was nobody, like, actually Irish in that movie. That was, I, because I was warning everybody I was with, I was like, look, you're not going to understand a word they say, all right? I'm letting you know right now. And then. I'm like this is a British guy just kind of dragging a couple consonants you know what I mean this isn't an Irish, this isn't an Irish actor right they were like this isn't too hard to understand I was like yeah and then there was like one kid who was very clearly Irish right and they were like what the hell is he saying right or not kid or woman or something right but yeah it was pretty fu- uh, it was pretty funny I love like when I watch like Irish movies like uh, my friends, my Latino friends will, like, walk by, and they'll be like, is that English? Like, after 20 minutes, I'm like, yeah, that's English. No, it's well, like, not.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Brad Pitt and Snatch, like, the gypsy Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> is
0: that an offensive word, the word they use for gypsy throughout that movie?
1: Nah, yeah, yeah. I it think is, it okay. Is. But, but they kind of, you know, it's one of these, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it yeah. Snatch but, <laughs> affected different people are offended by different things you know I mean we've discussed that before <laughs>
0: snatch was like the greatest movie of all time for me and my friends in junior high like we quoted that movie all throughout the day everybody was like why are, why is Alex and his friends always using a British accent when they're screaming at people like it's an effing anti-aircraft weapon Vincent like you know like uh, the, what I just love so many of those scenes and the dialogue in that movie is so incredible. Like it's so yeah, funny, it's snappy.
1: It's yeah, really I,
0: I love that. I, I love Snatch and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I love. I love. By the way, none of my students, none of my British students, have seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail. How is that possible?
1: I, I, I've I've never seen it still, but Jesus, but Lord. I, I've seen the I've seen the odd clip again, something where it's been on TV, and I know like what it's about. But I've, I and it's so in pop culture that you see a lot of, bits yeah. and a lot of. But yeah, I've never, I've never sat and watched that uh, movie through.
0: Well, it's like it's like Die Hard in the States. Like, it, it, like if you grew up in the States, you've seen Die Hard on television or Shawshank Redemption like no less than 14,000 times. So like at some point you've seen the entire movie, right? You just don't know when you cross that line, right? So yeah. maybe it's the same thing for you guys. Anyways, uh, unfortunately, we have to get into some poker discussion. but Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's, let's get into the poker discussion. So you've been doing well recently. You know, you've know. you made a few final tables. you won a few tournaments. The, the truck's backing up with your winnings there. Yes, that's sir. how the cash outs are coming these days. Yeah, that's how yeah. um, So let's get into the questions. Uh, the first one is from our friend who has messaged him before. The uh, Art. Uh, Uh, Riyad Doblis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's a lot. um. So, um, hi, Alex. Uh, I have a question regarding bankroll management. Uh, I know I could have emailed you personally about this as I'm your student, however, thought it would be beneficial to discuss it on the podcast so that more people can benefit.
0: Ah, good man.
1: Um, The question, I follow the 300 buy-in bankroll management rule, so I've worked out that my average buy-in to be about dollars In total buy-ins, I probably spend about $140 per session, and if the session doesn't go too well at the start, I also expect to spend additional $80 on rebuys add-ons in total. So in a session, my investment may be about $220 to $250, which is about 10% share of the bankroll at the start of the session. Do you think this kind of approach is good as for bankroll management, or would you recommend not to rebuy add-on that much in online MPTs? Is it better to go for the one shop per MPT, and then if I'm out, I'm out? What percentage of bankroll would you recommend to invest per session using the 300 buy-in rule? Thanks for the great podcast, guys.
0: Uh, I think, uh, wow, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, so I'm going to have to do it out the back of my brain's truck. But uh, there, there's a lot of times, like, I think, like, 1% is usually the maximum you want a tournament to be an investment. So you've got to ask yourself, with the rebuys and add-ons, am I really likely to go over 1% of my bankroll? And it, it, obviously, with 300 buy-ins, it's more conservative than that. Uh, I really wish I knew what – the, the thing is, I, the rebuys are really popular on some sites. I think you're okay just because those tournaments tend to be a lot softer. And I don't want you, like, necessarily excusing yourself from them just because, uh, it, you know, just because the rebuys and stuff. You can also, you know, you can diversify across more sites. Like, part uh, uh, America's Card Room is really, really good. has a lot of good low-stakes tournaments. You can get 27% rake back through us. Party, 888 titan uh these sites are really good uh stay away from turbo stars like they're they have decided to let you know they really do not like you with their newest update you know every if you haven't seen it they changed the entire schedule barry and like they've removed everything and like replaced it with turbos pretty much so like it's over like there's no, there's there's no ntt schedule for the regular guys anymore it's all like get a turbo in and good luck and here's your four percent I- ROI which you're not making up with the rake so have a good day, and yeah, uh, yeah so anyway you know on that extremely hopeful note uh, micro three six five is also really good uh, I really uh, I really like if you're uh, uh, I really like if you're in America doing a nighttime schedule like America's card Room's really good uh, they have a lot of low stakes tournaments. Uh, the Saurus, uh, the guy I battled in a poker rap battle, like he started with like low stakes tournaments and now he plays like a lot of high stakes tournaments on America's Carter because I think he just really steadily built up, and uh, I think it's really good in those uh, those parts. Uh, right now, what I used to do is uh, it's kind of like a, it, it, it it's kind of like a quick. Fix and it's not exactly perfect, but if I'd be playing a rebuy, I just triple uh, my investment. Uh, like I would say, like if it was a ten dollar buy-in, I'd say eh, rebuy. I'd say it's like a thirty dollar buy-in, right? And I'd say, can I play a thirty dollar buy-in on my bankroll? And if the answer was no, I just wouldn't play that rebuy. I'd go find like a ten dollar tournament on some other site. And the good, the good thing is, is like the ten dollar rebuys you can be. You're gonna hear the, my brain struck. You know, you really yeah. want to. You really want to follow my advice, man. I mean, <laughs> like... Uh, That's the second thing today they're unloading I back know, to I my- know, I know, man. This time, this time it is in Korean won, you know And I mean? They ran out of dollars for me, so now we're getting into the Korean currencies. I'm probably going to get killed on the exchange right here, but, you know, maybe I can go to the Korean church and see if any of them need it before a trip. But, like, uh, there, there's also... Uh, like, the $10 tournaments, like the regular tournaments... Uh, those are a lot softer than, like, the $10 rebuys. Like, I might play, like, a $10 rebuy uh, if it's kind of a slow night, whereas I'm never going to play a $10 freeze-out. And I think it's the same with a lot of regs. And $10 freeze-outs are just juicy, right? So I I would really – I'd really – if you're feeling uncomfortable, the fact you're writing me this email shows you're uncomfortable. So I'd say I would remove those rebuys, and I would just – you know, I get a, I get a Skrill account and I would get like all these different sites and I would start moving money around and I'd start, I'd start grinding it out. You know what I mean? And, you know, go, uh, uh, and just go for it. And, uh, I think, I think you, you know, if you load up like a five or a $10, uh, that's just as fine. That'll work. A lot of times like the ROI is going to be the same as like $30 invested in a rebuy tournament, just because the, standard of play is so much worse in a $10 freeze out. So I'd build up on that. If you're uncomfortable, pay attention to that. Whenever you're uncomfortable, that's a good time to, especially when it comes to investments. I was uh, recently, uh, I was really uncomfortable with playing high stakes because I was just like, you know what, like I used to be able to dedicate my life to studying high stakes and playing high stakes. Like when you're playing high stakes every day, you get much more of an idea of what's going on as opposed to when you're just playing sparse sessions. And I was starting to feel uncomfortable. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to play a lot of fifties and hundreds on, uh, you know, a lot of different sites and, you know, a lot of America's card room. And, uh, that's when things started really clicking and things have, uh, if you're paying attention to the YouTube channel, uh, it's a, I think it's just called a Auto coaching. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm doing on YouTube, but, uh, they're like, uh, like, literally, I don't know why they let me post videos. I'm so terrible. But, no, uh, I, the YouTube channel is Assassin Auto Coaching. And you can see, like, we're getting, like, three or four final tables a week lately. And that's been really cool because that that's really good for your confidence. You know what I mean? If you're feeling like, uh, you know, this is a little too big for my bankroll. I don't really feel good. Don't let anybody tell you you're being too conservative, Okay. When I listened to those dumbasses when I was younger, I totally went broke with all of my bankroll. And, you know, two years later, they said, th- Mom, I'm not into the poker thing anymore. Can I go back to college? I'm done. I'm done making fun of people. And, you know, then they go back to college and they go, I like college. I don't want to pay for a Bernie Sanders. But, yeah, anyway, uh, you, go, you go ahead and, uh, you know, you, you go ahead and listen to yourself, man. Good luck to you.
1: Yeah, it's just going from. I remember reading a thing about trading, you know, in the markets, and the guy said, if you feel like that at the end of a trading day or week, sell down to the sleep rate. And he said, basically, sell down to the level of position that you can hold overnight without thinking about it and go to sleep, you know. And yeah, like,
0: it's a big deal. You're fine
1: it. And yeah, I like from your question, sending it in, the, the fact that you're even questioning it, as Alex said, you know, a couple of bad days. Like I used to find that when I was playing, like especially when you're multi you're you're doing that. You're playing games that mm-hmm. yeah, maybe eight dollars, $8, ten dollars. But if you, I was stacking them and playing like $20, twenty, twenty-three. So that's a serious investment. Yeah, you've got two two hundred, 230 dollars invested, and some of them were the the free rebuys with add-ons. You know, the one eighty, so they could turn into like twenty-dollar games easily.
0: Right, know? right, yeah.
1: and. Um, I, I tweaked them and used to play them as just uh take the add on, uh, sorry, take the rebuy and then the add on and that was it. Right. Um, but yeah, just definitely it's it's easy to go, Oh, I'm playing I'm playing really strict bank management, but the money you've got at the tables in the one go, you're actually probably only got ten buy ins for like your sessions or exactly. whatever. Exactly. It's good
0: to so, think of it that way. And I mean yeah. this also like if I could say something larger like playing don't ever let anybody pressure you to play higher stakes, man. Like, I I have had, everybody always sees, like, oh, the $3.5 million in earnings, he's going up to 4 right now, right? And uh, they always assume, like, I must play real big. Now, man, the most fun I ever had playing poker, uh, and obviously it's kind of, actually, I'm having a lot of fun right now, now that I think of it. I'm loving playing poker lately. And uh, I just, like, the thing that's amazing to me is like poker is really fun when you play it with an amount of money you can lose right so I love like you know I love pulling up my baseball games and like uh, chilling with some music on you know and uh, uh, you know listening to some decent rhymes or some good metal right and then I'm, I'm just playing my poker and I'm chilling but like if I start putting in high stakes it's like, ugh, you know I gotta turn on the t- turn off the TV I'm kind of stressing now you know what I mean? i got to start taking notes on everybody. And like you take a lot of notes on everybody, and the edges you're pushing are so minuscule. You can run so bad for so long, right? And it's cool to play one of those once in a while, right? It, it, it's also good if you satellite into it. I mean, by all means, have a lot of fun and take a shot and learn, right? But don't make it the focus of your life, right? The, and I was going to say the most fun I ever had playing poker was uh, before I got backed, before I got... You know, everybody, everybody and their mother started telling me, you got to play live or you don't know what you're doing. Uh, you're not a real poker player because you play $20 turns. But when I was in Seattle, when I first got to Seattle, I had, like, a pretty nice apartment. You know, I'd moved up from my first apartment, which was uh, a hole, essentially. And my first no, – let me give you my apartments. Uh, first one was Everett. That was a, someone's garage, so there was no heating or plumbing. And, uh, yeah, SWAT hit our block three times in a month. Uh, that was in Everett, Washington, Casino Road. Uh, I moved from there to Seattle. Then uh, that, was the, that was the motel that they turned into an apartment complex because people kept coming off the freeway to kill themselves uh, in that apartment. Then the next one I went to uh, was just kind of – it wasn't really that bad, but it was kind of a crappy place where, like, degenerates, uh, degenerate students, like, hung out. And then uh, my next place was actually, like, a decent condo I rented out in Seattle, right? And I was still just playing $20, $50 tournaments, and that's all I'd been playing for a couple years, and I had the money to rent out a nice apartment, you know. When I took a day off, I could go hang out at the independent cinema. Didn't have Barry to hang out with and talk about horror movies, but wish I did, you know. And then, like, I just, I had a lot of time in myself. I had a lot of, you know, I had a lot of good times. I had a lot of freedom, and... That all went away when I finally listened to all these dumbasses that didn't, weren't even real poker players. And I started playing all these high stakes games. Then my life was stressful. It was up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And when I did finally get the big score, I looked back and I was like, if I just played 20s and 50s for the last year and a half, I would have made the same amount of money with no stress. In fact, I probably would have made more right? Because I would have been moving up more gradually, right? Instead, I was going everywhere and, you know, oh, you got to get a backing deal or blah, blah, blah. And then it's, yeah, God, just play what you feel comfortable with, man. Don't ever let anybody else tell you that's wrong, all right? It's, poker is about you getting a little better than you were yesterday. That's it, man. Just go in there. Every time you play poker, you, every time you play poker, here's a couple, here's the thing about poker. If you go to play, if you go to make money, if your goal is to make money, in tournament poker you're going to be very sad a lot of the time you're going to lose a lot of the time right if you try to become a better person through poker and you're trying to become a better poker player and let's admit it like poker is really fun there's more money in it there's more uh you know if we were playing chess in the park right it would be pretty hard to get somebody to put 20 bucks down on it right because they would know one of us is better you know and uh, obviously if they're really eager to put 20 bucks down they know they're going to kick your ass right and uh, poker, there's none of that. So we know poker is amazing. We know we can play poker in our 70s. It's fun to get a little better each day, and we be- can become a better person through poker, right? We can learn to be more disciplined, more attentive, more relaxed, more understanding, uh, more thoughtful, more deliberate in our approach to everything in life, and more accepting. And if we if we just up the buy-ins to a point where it's like maximum stress, we're not going to get any of these benefits. So you know, play what you feel comfortable with, have fun.
1: Yeah, kind of a lifestyle sort of thing. For yeah, yeah, yourself. yeah exactly. No, it's a long,
0: it's a marathon, it's not a sprint, just because some, like, honestly, when I was a kid, I'd see some, like, 19-year-old win a tournament, and I was like, God, why isn't that me, right? All I've given up for in this game, and, like, literally, I'd given up everything, right, to become a professional poker player. I'd sacrificed so much, so I wanted that win so bad. Now I look you know, when I see, like, a 19-year-old wins a tournament, I'm like, oh, good for him, right? And then I, I kind of think, like, God, 19 and that kind of money, right? Oy. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, I'm like, uh, you know, if I ever get to talk to the kid, I'm like, man, you know, you want to buy a house? Yeah, buy the house. Just buy the house outright, okay? And put a little outside for the property taxes, right? They never listen to me. And then, they, you know, their stupid-ass friends say, oh, you're so good, man. you got to play these high rollers, and they never show you this in the magazines, but a lot of times those kids are broke a year later, right? And then I see poker players like, ha, 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 you know, I got one over on him. I'm like, no, okay, just because somebody else is a loser doesn't mean you're not a loser, you know what I mean? And then uh, and furthermore, like, why would you want that on that kid, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's kind of evil, you know what I mean? Like, ah ha, ha, I'm glad you failed. Like, and then <laughs> that's a... Uh, I mean, <laughs> when I'm at the poker table, I'm like that, but that's different. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, I got wait till you guys see the newest video of the tournament I won last night. I got so uppity and so entitled when I was losing to this guy because this guy played like the goofiest style, and he was just he was frankly he was outplaying me, right? And uh, wait till when I finally figured out what he was doing, it was so satisfying. But I was such a I was such a jerk,
1: right? Once I figured it out, <laughs> like I was like, "Yeah, take it," right? Like you know, but yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's okay. Next question is from uh, Hiro Yoshikawa. I think it's uh, ah, cool. he's Hiro. J-I-R-O. Ah, cool. We him. got another. Yeah, I think he's messaged him before. It seems familiar. We have
0: another. We have another person from Nihon. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, hi Barry and Alex. First of all. Guys, I love what you do, Barry. I always crack up when you talk about your ger-friend. ghetto friend, as I always mishear and think you're saying ghetto friend. Uh, okay, uh, and uh, and Alex, a lot of respect for what you have done in poker for the last ten years or so. Um, so, fuck all about your accent, <laughs> basically. It's just mine.
0: My is <laughs> <Yeah. really> annoying. <laughs> Nobody wants to comment on it.
1: Okay, uh, my question for the podcast is, can you talk about squeezing in MTTs? Maybe some stats you're looking at, Ooh, spots good to do
0: it,
1: heuristics to think about. I'm also wondering how high your SQ uh, frequency is over a large sample um, I mean, the squeeze play, isn't it? That yeah, is, it took,
0: it took yeah. me a second. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then it, I felt really it's, tough.
1: Like. It's hard to get that number up, in my opinion, to an amount where it's not too tight and people can overfold easily versus it. I think it has to do with the fact that often stack sizes won't really allow a squeeze because uh, stacks to port ratio will be too shallow to maneuver post. Would like to hear some numbers, thoughts, and spots on the topics. Thank you, guys, as always. You know
0: these guys are so educated these days. I remember,
1: what was it? I,
0: I they it, like. I remember one time I was trying to explain like, this guy. I I, was, I can't remember the exact. I, it was the EPT San Ramon. I was talking with another like really big poker player at the time, and a guy was explaining a hand to me, and this was a kid. Uh, well, I'll just say his name: Anthony Spinella. Uh, he's won a WSOP bracelet. He's been very successful over the last 10 years. Anthony is not exactly, in my experience, like, the greatest, like, technical uh, explanation. He's not the best at, like, doing a technical explanation. But I remember I said something along the lines, like, yeah, he needs a lot of hands to be three betting there, and then almost all of them check folding, right? And a bunch of other professional poker- like, I was just essentially trying to translate for Anthony, right? And then a bunch of other players just kind of stared at me and they were like, what are you talking about? A a range, like a lot of hands. And then they were like, what do you mean? And then I was like trying to put percentages to, and they were like, what are you talking about? Right. And then I was like, okay, whatever I give up. Right. And now these kids have all their abbreviations and the exact percentages and what stack to pot ratio we want. I'm like, dude, how dumb were we back in the day? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like we couldn't explain anything like, and then, yeah, any, anyway, no, sorry, it just amazed me how educated you are, man. Good for you, like, putting in the work. Um, for squeezing, the, the hands I typically like to squeeze with these days are like Broadway combinations. Because let's say, uh, so let's say uh, you're playing on America's Card Room, blinds are 40-80, uh, guy, guy opens to 200, another guy calls to 200, and you have King Jack Offsuit on the button. Now, if you call here, I don't really think that's a great play because King Jack offsuit in a multiway pot is really likely to be dominated. The most likely second best hand in a multiway pot by the Turner River when it gets really expensive is one pair. And guess what King Jack offsuit makes? It makes one pair. So a lot of times I'll three bet there to like 640. Because what happens is either everybody folds or one guy calls me. Uh, these days people are really not into four betting as much as they used to. And uh, this is the thing that amazes me, Barry. Everybody always says like, oh, poker is so hard. And I'm like, not really. People kind of, every time I three bet someone now, they're like, ah, oh, it's about half my chips. Oh God, I don't know what to do. I know, I'll call. And then I'll see what happens on the flop. And I'm like, yeah, you've gone right back to 2004. Well done, buddy. Like, and then, uh, it's, it, you you get called. Uh, By the way, I had a misclick yesterday in a situation where a guy like flatted half of his stack. <laughs> it was, uh, I, the board came ace, I, I, King. So it was like, When they flat you when they flat you by the way, when they flat you they when they flat you with like half their stack pre flop out of position, nine times out of ten it's an ace. Right? And so the guy they don't do it with small pairs nearly as much. So the guy checks me, I check behind, right? On the turn he moves all in, I'm like going to hit fold and I I don't know what happened with my mouse. I freaked out, hit call, and he had he had ace ten, I had kings, I'm like, well done. I'm the worst player on planet Earth, right? And then the river put a wheel on the board and we chopped. And I, you know, I wanted to go cry and jump off a cliff because I don't deserve it. But, like, uh, uh, yeah, I, I I really like to squeeze with, like, the broadways because usually you get, like, one caller. And then a lot of these guys just call, and they're calling with a very wide range, and they're full to see that it's still fairly honest, right? It's, like, 50 55 60%. Even if it's, like, even if you see 47, that typically... Are 45, you'd typically be like, oh, that's not that high. Well, when he's out of position, it's a little higher, right? Just because he's kind of in a goofy spot. And, uh, you got to really work on your Flopzilla. Uh, like I would set up this situation in, uh, Flopzilla and I would just run through all the different boards, which ones you're supposed to bet, which ones you're not supposed to. If you guys want to be on Flopzilla or E V, write me at assassincoachandgmail.com. Uh, I can, I can, I can pick it up for you. And, uh, yeah, uh, hold up. Sorry, when I when I advertise, I just get so full of myself. See, that's that Brinks truck I'm uh, bringing me back that Card Runner's EV money. Yeah, what's up, What's up, homie? Thank you. Yeah, I told him I don't take checks. You know, we don't do it like that in the hood. You know, you gotta just send me a Brinks truck. And uh, this time, this time, this time it's Mexican pesos, right? I'm thinking about buying a Mexican uh, minor league baseball team, you know what I mean? Not because I want any of the players, but I need a bus, you know, for more money, right? And it's, I found out if I buy the minor league te- team, it's actually cheaper than buying the bus outright, so I figured why not buy the team, you know what I mean? I, there might be some things in the hot dog stand still, you know what I mean? I need some condiments, but yeah, anyway, uh, what, uh, what I essentially I'm trying to say is with the big cards, uh, y- you really want to also look for the four-bet percentage. If a guy doesn't have much of a four-bet percentage, let's say it's like 10% or lower, or maybe even like 14% or lower, that tends to be pretty value-driven, right? So you're kind of looking for guys that have a high fold to 3-bet, are a low fold to 3-bet but a nice fold to C-bet and uh, no real 4-bet because that means they're they're of the type to raise, call, fold, right? Uh, The other hands I like to 3-bet squeeze with are like suited one gappers. And uh, so like if I have like 10-8 suited there, like that does work as a call, but I do like to put pressure as well. Uh, just because it's kind of a weak call and it's not a terrific call, it's a good call if like you know there's a high four bet percentage. The guy's never fold post flop, right? And it's like, well, okay, I still want to get involved with these guys that uh, you know are kind of psychos, right? But I, I don't want to three bet up the ante, right? So these guys have an opportunity to get me off my hand. Uh, but uh, there's a uh, but with like suited one gaffers and the right conditions, I'll squeeze a lot. You want to make sure your three bet size should be such that you think you're going to get one caller or folds, right? If both of them call, you typically you've done you've made the raise a little small. As far as like opt- optimal like squeeze percentages, that's one of those things that's really hard to get a decent sample on. And uh, the other thing is like the situation changes so much, right? Uh, I noticed mine is, like, uh, 14%, 12 to 14%, which is, uh, that's, that's pretty high. It probably should be a little lower than that if I was playing, like, higher stakes. Uh, just because if, if, so, if I see a guy squeezing 14% of the time, I'm playing back. Because you can only have true value hands there, like, 6% out of that 14% of the time. So that means, uh, you know, a full 8-14th there is just, you know, huff and puff and nothing. And so I, I would go back at that a lot. But, uh, it, you know, I'm like, nobody's really paying attention to me on most of these sites. and so they're just like, oh, okay, a squeeze. And most people are just playing their hands. Uh, like, and and uh, so, yeah, uh, the stack sizes that are really good, uh, you want a stack size that's really easy for them to call or fold. But if they four bet, it's going to be like a big old, it's going to be a big old free four bet, right? So like, if it's like 35, 40x a lot of times can be real good. A guy opens at 2.5x, you make it 2 point, Another guy calls 2.5x, you make it, like, 7x. Now, like, if he's got 35x, he can't 4-bet, fold. At the same time, he can't jam 35 big blinds. That's a lot of money, right? But a lot of people will convince themselves these days, well, I could call and see the flop, right? Just realize... Now, there's another thing when you do with this, with the big cards, people... Uh, especially when the stacks are deeper than 35, 40 big blinds, a lot of people do this thing where they're like... Well, okay, I did it with King Jack Ossu, The board came King 6-7, and uh, he checked, and I, I bet, and he checked raise. What, uh, now what the hell do I do? I never want to do this play again. Take a look at the guy's check raise statistic. If it's 10% or lower, as it is 90% of the time, uh, yeah, see that Brinkstruck just keeps pulling up, man. They, they're like, man, this is money, literally. And uh, it, it's like if it's 10% or lower – Uh, that generally means the guy only check raises like his sets is not flush draws is two pairs because you have that about 10% of the time. If it's 15% of the time, that does mean the guy has a, he does have some bluffs in there. Right. But not so many that you can really do anything about it. 20% or higher means the guy is bluffing a lot. Right. And you really want to make sure that's why no caddies really, uh, no caddies really dope. Uh, you go into no caddy, and you, 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 know, you might see like he check-raised like 24% of the time. Ooh, this guy looks like a psycho. You look at no caddy, and it's like check raise set, check raise set, check raise nut flush draw. Oh, uh, okay. He's actually pretty normal, right? And, but however, if the guy's got a check-raise of 11%, but you look in, two of those check-raises were just like ace high, nothing, or he check-raised folded on a similar board. You're like, oh, okay, I can play back at the boy. But the, a lot of these guys, I, I've never, I, I can't tell you how rare I see somebody check the check raise statistic, right? It, it is so rare. But a lot of people do this thing where it's like, I'm going to check behind uh, for pot control. Like, it, uh, on that King 6-7 board, it, like, if it was like 6-7 of clubs, right? Uh, that's a really, that's not really the greatest idea because, obviously, there's so many flushers out there. And if the guy doesn't have a check raise, you're losing value. Right? Now, if the guy has a really high check raise and you're worried about that and you do flop a pair, you can just check behind. You can pot control, but those s- situations are very particular. You shouldn't be doing that all that often. Uh, and I think we covered every part of your question.
1: Okay, and the last question for today is from Dennis Pedersen. What's well, good, go, uh here we go. I know he regularly retweets the show and stuff when we put it out, so thanks for that, Dennis. He's, he's and I noticed, man. I know he's
0: the man. Yeah, really good um, cool dude, yeah. Anyway, yeah, go
1: ahead. Scott, hey guys, I absolutely love the podcast. I look forward to it every week. I would like to start by thanking you both for all the great things you, uh, that have come from me listening to the podcast. You guys have introduced me to Super Soft Tourneys on America's Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. And the rate back that came with signing up through the link. Uh, the amount of free strategy content each week on the show has been amazing. The strategy content has led me to Alex's newsletter, his webinars. I have them all and attended the last two. And to private lessons with him. Lucky I block booked them. Uh, I have five more. <laughs> yeah. Uh guys also introduced me to Sky Matsuashi. Who has, an amazing, yeah. uh, who has an amazing podcast as well, Smart Poker Study, and has become my good friend and poker study partner. I can't That's thank so you cool. enough for this connection. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, no that, problem, that, man. Like, thank so you. That is, that is really cool. Like, so it's, it's good to... You know, me and Alex come on here and for the most part we piss about and <laughs> talk about talk about films and uh, and stuff as well. But Alex does really like, hammer in the you know the the questions and answers as well and it's great when you actually hear like real world stuff like somebody's life is like
0: changed yeah hour, you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, um, oh man sorry i didn't mean to cut you off go. go
1: go 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 go
0: no i'm just always amazed like when i go to vegas like the outpouring of love is incredible like people are so like people come up and like i mean like the year the taxi driver like knew who i was that was such a mind-blowing moment <laughs> like Oh, hey, are yeah. you Alex of the One Outer Podcast? Like, excuse me? Like, oh, crap, never mind. No, no, I am, but you you listen to that? Like, and then, because we kind of, yeah, you and I piss about, and we kind of think, you know, it's just us, like, goofing off, right? And then I do try to hammer all the strategy content, because in my mind, it's just like talking to my homies, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to hold anything back. And then, you know, you go to Vegas, and people are, like, always coming up to shake your hand and say thank you. And, yeah. like, I won this tournament based on this check-raise tactic you told me It got me some chips when I needed it most, and I got this double up, and I made it. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. And it, it's really cool because the cool thing about poker is, like, I can teach you how to play, and then hopefully, you know, there's some financial compensation as far as to, you know, whatever we're working with here, you know what I mean? And uh, But you guys can go out and you can earn way more than anything I mean, even this, like, it's just free, you know what I mean? You guys can just earn money. Like, it's free, and you could go out there and make money, you know what I mean? It's cool to me. I remember being so broke, and, you know what I mean? There was no real good podcast. There was no real – remember poker back in the day, Barry? You'd be like – I remember, like, when I was in – Ireland, like you would turn on like TV and it'd be like one, two, no limit, hold on the internet. They'd be like trying to make it interesting, right? On like Sky. And I'd be like, man, this sucks. (laughs) Like, this is so bad. (laughs) It's so cool. There's like podcasts, like, Sky Matsuhashi's podcast and our podcast. Sorry, I, I took Japanese for three years, and I always have to do it in the accent. My teacher was like, Matsuhashi! <laughs> yeah, you, dude, you did that pretty good. Matsuhashi-san!
1: <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just sort of like channeled Shredder from the turtle. Yeah, that was dope. That was dope. I, I, I got...
0: My teacher... It was so funny in that class. Like, I used to... We would have to do skits, and I came up with this old japanese guy i would be right and i would just essentially do that voice and i decided he was blind one day just to freak out the guy i had to do the skit with right and uh i i was told like i told some kid to do that right and uh he was like yeah they told me i was racist i can't do it again i was like that's so weird because like you know, I remember all my Japanese teachers were like, ah, oh, Alex is doing his accent again. Ah, oh, I like it. Nope, nope, nope. You got it wrong that time, Alex. They do it like this. Now you sound, you know, like, and I, I was like, man, that's no fun, right? Like, we are just goofing, you know, and of course our teacher would do the white accent once in a while, and it was hilarious, right? And uh, I just, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, it's, uh, but yeah, man, I really appreciate all, all your support. By the way, when guys like you, uh, you guys all buy everything, you know, if you guys write me an email, and let me know you bought everything. Just write me an email and let me know. You know, I want to know who you guys are because I can give you special designation in my email inbox. And when I got some goodies, I can send them to you guys first. And most of the time, for nothing. I gave I gave a dude. I had a guy. I had a guy yesterday. He wrote me and was like, "I just realized I was missing the professional's uh, mindset." Right, and uh, I, I was like you know i can give you a real heavy discount on it right or there's a lot of people if you bought everything else right they're like you know they're kind of saying like i got everything else right can i get a discount on this and it's like yeah of course dude i'm not gonna like nope nope full freight or like i had a guy right in he was like oh how much is Y possego is right now and i realized i've missed that and i was like here it is like here you go thank you right so you know right right in guys like i'm not you know let me, let me know who y'all are. I really appreciate it. Thank
1: you, Dennis. And uh, his question, uh, after all the praise for us, um, is... Uh... <laughs> Why is Alex such a douche? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm just going to say, I'm going to Vegas for two weeks in October as well. Nobody better come near me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I'd love to, I would love to be playing at a table and hear someone say, oh, are you... Barry, one of our podcast guys, whatever, that'd be good fun, that would be good fun. That would be cool. Yeah, Um, okay, and we have uh, Dennis's question here. Sorry, I'm reading it straight off my email here rather than on a separate sheet this week. Oh, good. Um, Okay, thank you, my question is, I've been trying to use Hold'em Resources Calculator more in my hand history reviews to see if I'm shoving or calling shoves profitably. I am wondering how much of an edge do we need on a push or call to be correct? If the calculator says my shove call is plus 0.05 BB, is it a mistake to not shove call? I have always felt that I needed it to be over one big blind before I feel it's a sure thing to shove call. Am I way off with this line of thought? Are there other considerations we should take into account here? Or is it the calculator doing that for us, i.e. stack size, how many big blinds we will be left with, etc. Thanks for your time and keep up the great work, Dennis.
0: Well, the thing to remember in these situations is there is always the human element of error, right? And uh, whoever you are, I don't, I don't care how uh, good you are, right? You always can be off just a little bit, right? So the good thing to first learn is like, how does that affect? Uh, how does that affect your equities? It's kind of fun to play with that. This is something I I used to think it was better when people called me wide, right, when I was shoving, let's say, like a king six suited or something like that. I thought, oh, if they call me with, like, the queen Queen axe and the jack axe, right, that actually helps me. Well, I found out a lot of times it hurts me because he's also calling with a lot of aces that I thought were folding to however big of a jam I was doing, right? And a lot of times, like, when you shove small pairs, if they call you wider, that hurts you. Right. So if you think your margin of error, a lot of times, like even if you have like a point .1, like big blind advantage there, you, you can just kind of like write that off. If you think like, I'm not really sure if I'm right there, uh, like point two or higher tends to be way too high .15 to let go, because a lot of people do this thing where they're like, I'm going to wait for a better spot. The problem is, and sure, I don't know what these better spots are every time I hear that in a hand history review, I just go, let's see, you know, let's see if you find that better spot and, you know, like 20 hands later they're bossed. Right. And, uh, it it just generally doesn't exist. Like 0.1 tends to be like my minimum. If it's kind of like 0.07, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, I think I get, you know, there are some times though, like, like when you're shoving like decent value hands, right? Like if the guy's calling you a little wider, uh, it helps you. And if he folds a little bit more, it helps you. So there, if I have a point zero five uh, edge, right. I'm just going to go with it. Uh, big blind edge, right. I'm just, uh, I'm just running it because I can't really be hurt in either direction. Right. And, uh, if that's the case, oh no, My Brinks truck is driving away. Oh no. Oh my God.
1: Davey has gone. Yeah,
0: man. He was, uh, it was uh it, he he took U.S. dollars though this time so it wasn't worth that much. After this election, they're just gonna be pretty toilet paper. But oh. uh, anyway, there's a uh, God. Uh, what was I gonna say? Ah, I had one more thing I was gonna say. What was that? What was that? That stupid truck. I'm choking, man. I'm choking. Good thing this didn't happen in my battle, which you didn't watch. Not that we you know. Maybe I choked all three rounds. Barry wouldn't know. But like uh not nah, it ah dang it hold on one second uh oh yeah okay now, so it sometimes like if your margin of error is like it's not even really hurting you either way you can push really small edges uh generally it's a lot of people say they're going to wait for a better spot you're really not going to find better spots uh than these uh if you watch like uh Steven Shidwick or uh, John Van Fleet, who I think are like two of the best MC tiers on earth. If they see like any of these really small edges, they take it because their opinion after playing, you know, probably 20 million uh, hands between them is that you're just not going to find a better spot. I'm going to assume they're right. You know, since both of these cats are smarter than I am when it comes to tournament poker, I'm going to I'm going to listen to them. Right. And uh they've they, they've had incredible success throughout the years. Whereas a lot of my uh my colleagues, especially the American ones, who were always like, You can wait for a better spot, you can wait for a better spot, they tend to be floundering a lot right now. Uh it it's not really it's not really looking good for a lot of them. So yeah, uh be sure to look for those edges. And uh yeah, man, thanks for thanks for helping me feed my disabled
1: mother. I appreciate it. Okay. And, uh... Thanks very much for all the questions from everybody and do keep them coming in for uh, next show. Uh, Questions at oneouter.com. Email them in. That's the best way. Alternatively, you can tweet them, etc. But please email them. It makes it a lot easier and it gives you more than 140 characters to, to ask Alex something as well. Um, Alex, I usually say, how can people get in touch with you for private lessons and stuff? But you've uh, decided to sort of like cut back on that. Yeah, so done. how can people get in, how can people get in touch with you to get on the newsletter and buy your webinars and just follow the yellow brick road? I quit.
0: Nah, uh, let's see. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, we're not doing private lessons right now. We'll probably come back around to them eventually. Uh, you know, at some point we'll do like a lesson drive or something, probably for charity or something like that. I just I can't fit them into my day as much as I used to. If you guys want to, actually I have a giveaway uh, for all of you still listening. I have a giveaway I gave to my uh, I gave to my uh, email subscribers. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it now here too. So I'm giving away three uh, I'm do- giving away three packages of the professionals mindset. Uh, or uh, Master Poker with one hour a day, right? You get your choice with each one. Here's the giveaway. You go to a, my battle, all right, and here, there's three different competitions. One, whoever can get the screenshot that's closest to 1,000 views, right? Uh, you want to take a screenshot. Uh, when it, it's whoever can get a closest to 1,000 views without going under, right? So if you get 999, it doesn't count, right? But if you get 1,000 or 1,001, uh, it does count, okay? Whoever can get closest to that will, uh, will win a package, right? And it's the first one who sends it in in the event the counter gets stuck and multiples of you guys get, get, get it in, okay? So that's the first one. The second one is uh, uh, quotes, right? Quote whatever your favorite line was from the battle, and uh, it doesn't have to be me. Cobalt had some nasty multis in that one that were just like brutal. Uh, quote it and, you know, you can leave your thoughts on it, but just be like, oh, man. that. Or you can even it can be a negative comment about my bars, too. You can say like that's gold or whatever. Right. But just show uh, Power and Respect Battle League was really kind uh, to me and the other MCs. And they did. Yeah, they, they bought us food. They got the venue. They paid. They paid us to come out there for our time, for our gas and stuff like that. And we want to show these guys some love, right? So let's show them where we're watching, we're commenting and stuff. And, oh, the other one is just, uh, you know, observation comments, like something you notice during the battle. Uh, this one will be randomly – those ones will be randomly selected, but there's kind of a fourth package available. If you guys, you know, if you guys post a quote that's, like, really funny or a comment that's really funny uh, – if there's like a really funny one we'll send out a package as well right I'll announce the winners in my newsletter you have to be signed up for the newsletter to participate if you want to sign up for the newsletter go to pokerheadrush.com and just type it in to the right and uh, it takes about how well four seconds or however long it takes you to type in your email address and then uh, you just got to confirm it from your email address and you're entered uh, Yeah, and be sure to I'm going to give Barry the link after we're done here, so it'll be in the show notes, right? And also, guys, I have a new webinar coming out. Uh, It's going to be the 14th. Uh, It's going to be called Test Your Poker. It's going to be, like, the most brutal uh, – it's going to be, like, the biggest, like, crash course in poker you've ever had. We're just going to go to situation to situation to situation. Uh, You're going to have – it's going to be, like, a time test. Uh, you should have your notepad, you should be writing your answers. Uh, you're going to have multiple choice, you're going to have a timer, and then after the timer's over, i 'm going to tell you what the right answer was and why. and then you're going to keep track of your scores and all these different topics and based on your scores and these topics you're going find out uh, you're, you're going to find out what your leaks are, right while also learning a ton. And then when you find out what your leak is, you can write me at Assassin on Coaching after we're done with the webinar. And again I'm gonna hook you guys up with a free webinar from our early series, so you flat too much, that's a check race fool and dissecting the dog bat and why Posecno is right, will be available as a gift to you guys after the webinar is over. Those will confront a lot of the leaks, but that's not gonna be all of them. Uh I'm also gonna send a lot of articles, uh like post flop articles, just we're gonna do a lot of post flop work, right? And the hands are from everything from, like, $20 MTTs to, like, F-tops, w final tables, stuff like that. I'm going to show you the biggest bluffs that I do these days and, like, why they're working specifically right now and how you can stack up chips. I'm going to show you a lot of heads-up matches that I've won recently. My final table win rate is 24%, so I'm winning one final table out of four while, you know, the average would be one out of nine twice as much as the average guy more than twice as much and a lot of that is my heads up play I'm going to show you how you can be winning heads up uh, I can also show you how you can be stacking chips shorthanded in tournaments uh, I can also show you I'm also going to show you how you can make chips like in any buy in really and uh, you know we're going to do pre flop spots post flop you know flop turn river and it's just going to be it's going to be crunch time it's going to be fun it's going to be fun I'm already started writing and it. it's a great time uh, its 149.99 if you do not buy before, uh, before the 14th, uh, May 14th. But if you do buy uh, before then, its 99.99. It's over 30% off. Uh, 30, it's about 33% off. Uh, you can uh, pay on PayPal at alexfitzgerald 88 at gmail.com. Write me at assassinocoaching at gmail.com if you guys have any more questions. And, uh, yeah, the flyer should be out. Here in a day. Actually, it might be in the show notes. I I was working on it last night. But yeah, uh, be sure to check it out. And uh, that's definitely going to be a fun time. I can't wait to can't wait to talk about it. And yeah, sign up for the newsletter. Check out everything. Sign up for the YouTube channel, Assassinato Coaching. Sign up. uh, Follow me on Twitter at The Assassinato. And, uh, yeah, guys, you know, uh, yeah, stay in touch. And, uh, the sock line, the sock line is down though. Now, you know, my factory in Venezuela kind of crashed. So the assassinato socks are coming out later though. I promise <laughs> they, w- they will. We're do- doing some work on the logo. Sorry for the delay.
1: Okay. And, uh, save me a pair of them. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Thanks for listening and keep the questions coming in. Questions at one Com. We'll get them read out on the next show. Until then, thanks for listening. Cheers.
0: I want glasses this time. Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super-fast three-player online poker sit-and-go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.